You are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good Monday show for you. We're going to talk a little bit about charity from this past weekend. I've got something to share with you. We're also going to talk about something that I screwed up on Friday. Katie Thurston went on Dave Neal's car ride show. I've been on it. Susie Evans has been on it. And now Katie was on it. I've got thoughts on that. A couple reader emails that I'm going to read to you. American Idol is down to our final three. Something stuck out to me last night that I saw. I watched the Michael J. Fox documentary over the weekend on Apple Plus still. I'll give you my thoughts on that. And an update on podcast guest, possibly. And we will get to all that momentarily. This podcast is brought to you by Green Chef. Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. Go to greenchef.com slash realitysteve60. Use code realitysteve60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Also brought to you by Trivia Star. Trivia Star has thousands of five-star reviews in the Apple Store and is the number one trivia game on the App Store. Download it today to challenge yourself Just go to the Apple or Google store and search for Trivia Star. Download Trivia Star for free today and get ready to flex your brain muscles. Also brought to you by ComingOutForLove.com. Episode 2 just dropped this last Friday, and that was the one where Lundy had her past revealed. I hope you're interested in following that storyline because it gets more intense. Trust me. Go to ComingOutForLove.com. Click on the upper right-hand corner where it says Bundles. Click on whatever bundle you want, and at checkout, type in promo code REALITYSTEVE for 15% off your order. All right, let's get started. Um, I didn't watch... Actually, I shouldn't say I didn't watch. I watched the first few minutes of Charity on the Jennifer Hudson show, and as I'm watching it, I realized this was filmed before she even left for filming. I thought she had filmed something since she had gotten back, but certainly... The way that interview went, it didn't seem that way whatsoever. So wasn't really anything there. This past weekend, um, Charity was very visible spending her time with Kat Izzo, who finished in fifth place on on Zach's season. And they are obviously close friends and whatnot. So they spent uh, time together this past weekend. Kat posted about her Instagram stories. Charity put it on her Instagram stories. They weren't trying to hide anything whatsoever there. I haven't heard anything new in regards to the spoiler for the end of the season, uh, who won or anything like that. I did hear one thing this season that confirmed something, but I will share that once we get everything else uh, put together for who did Charity actually choose. So I don't believe I will have anything new this week. But I will say this. Charity and Kat hanging out this past weekend. You can set your tape recorders and record this. Get your aggregators out. You can discuss this. But listen up. If a spoiler gets posted this week, not by me, about Charity's winner, I can guarantee you it will be because of Charity and Cat spending this past weekend together. Just know, people talk. And if it gets spoiled this week, the timing certainly won't be coincidental to me. Now, I wanted to talk about something I brought up Friday, and 
I, I said it right the first time, and then I screwed it up the rest of the time I was talking about it when I went back and listened, because some of you brought it up to me in an email. They said, Steve, you gave out the dates, but then I don't know because you brought out the wrong dates and then the right dates. And I was like, okay. So here's what it was. On Friday, I was talking about how the NFL had released their schedule on Thursday, and they had made an announcement that two games will be on ABC Monday Night Football early on because they're doing double headers in two weeks in a row. And when I first laid it out, I said that those games would be played on September 11th and September 18th. Well, I first said they were going to be, sorry, I first said they're going to be played on September 18th and September 25th, which was correct. And then the rest of the time I was talking about it, I kept saying the 11th and the 18th. Those games, for clarification, ABC will have two Monday night football games on September 18th and September 25th. On September 18th, there's a doubleheader. One game's on ESPN, one game's on ABC. On September 25th, same thing. One game on ESPN, one game on ABC. So we got those dates straight. 18th and 25th of September, ABC will have Monday night football being played on their channel. Therefore, Dance with the Stars and at that point would be Bachelor in Paradise, certainly won't be airing on those Monday nights. As I said on Friday, so many questions still remain as to what's going on in terms of Paradise. Is it going to air Monday, Tuesday? Is it going to air just Mondays? Is it going to air only Tuesdays? We don't know. We don't even know when Charity Season is going to be done airing. There's so many questions, but I just wanted to point out the 18th and the 25th of September there certainly won't be any episodes on those days because ABC has Monday Night Football. So did you check out Katie Thurston on Dave Neal's ride-along? I don't know what he's calling it. Um, it's just he's getting people in his car and driving around Los Angeles and asking them questions. I was the first guest a few weeks ago when I was back in L.A. in March, and then Susie Evans was a couple weeks ago, and then Katie was this past weekend. And good stuff. I thought the most interesting thing that Katie said, and look, Katie really likes to... Look, Katie didn't have the greatest experience as the Bachelorette. Number one, she got screwed because of COVID, and she got stuck at a resort in Albuquerque, New Mexico for her whole season, also, right after that, they went into Bachelor in Paradise, or not Bachelor in Paradise, um, Michelle's season that year as well. So um, she also got a, you know, she got a lot of, of flack because she finished 11th on Matt James season. People were already questioning why she was uh, the Bachelorette to begin with, whatever the case may be. I one of the, uh, Dave asked her a question towards the end where it was almost like, you know, what is your advice for future bachelorettes? And you could tell Katie was biting her tongue. And it wasn't to say, like, don't do it, but it was like, understand that her answer was, just know some things are out of your control. And she also said, you always hear that phrase, you just got to trust the process. But as Katie described, trust the process while the show makes it seem, because I've heard that in the past out of Chris Harrison, out of, you hear it out of Jesse Palmer, you'll hear it out of former contestants, former leads who say, trust the process. Katie basically threw it out there and said, look, 
Trust the process isn't like, you know what, I got to embrace all the things and things could go well for me. Trust the process in terms of Katie's definition of it was you basically have to understand that producers are controlling everything and trusting the process means trusting them and putting certain things in their hands that you really have no control over. And she essentially said in so many words, just because you're the lead, you basically have no control over anything. Trusting the process means listening to producers. I thought that was a great, great answer. I know she would probably want to go into more detail if she could, um, but I heard it. I knew exactly what she was saying. But this is, I mean, what she is saying is nothing that multiple people, including myself, haven't said for years. There's nothing real about this show. It is highly, highly produced, even if you are the lead. It's just great to hear it from someone who was a lead. And she can't, you know how they have the contract that says, oh, you're bound to us for a year. I don't know if anyone really understands this, but while you do have a contract that says you're bound to them for a year from the time your finale airs, technically it is a lifetime contract. You're not allowed to just, after the year is up, go scorched earth on the franchise and tell everybody out there what really went on. Trust me, if there's someone out there who wants to and who would love to, it's Katie Thurston. <laughs> and she tried as she may, giving us that little nugget uh, uh, in the car ride with Dave. I, I saw right through it. I love the fact that she said that. Because we hear that all the time. You got to trust the process. And she's like, yeah, trust the process basically means listen to the producers and let them control everything. And you got to understand, even as a lead, you don't really have much control of anything on this show. So that was a great answer. It's the one thing I took from that interview. I mean, obviously, there were other things that I thought were good answers, but that was the one that stuck out to me the most for sure. So I wanted to read a couple reader emails um, again uh, for this uh, for the daily roundup. One of them has four questions in it. The other one is one, but it hits on something that I wanted to bring up. So the first email came to me, has four questions in it. It said this question. Number one, did you tear up at the a million little things finale? Well, I can tell you right now, I teared up at the last two episodes of a million little things. Anyone who's watched that show from the beginning, if you didn't have any sort of emotional reaction to those final two episodes, there's something wrong with you. Because that was a gut punch. Both of them. So well done. So well written. And I've watched A Million Little Things since the very beginning. How can you not tear up at those? Question number two, interesting discussion with the Love is Blind guys. Did they prevent you from tagging them on Twitter like you normally do? You know, it wasn't until I got this email that I realized I forgot to tag them on Twitter. Honestly, I just forgot. And if you go to my Instagram, you'll see that I tagged them there. So it had nothing to do with not wanting to tag them. I just forgot because I did tag them both, Jeremy and Nick, on Instagram. So I just, I blanked. Sometimes on Twitter, I blank on tagging. It just, I just do. Um, Instagram, I've always been able to remember for whatever reason. 
Question number three. Were you surprised that Bros grossed under $15 million after a massive ad campaign during the Mentel All promo? First off, I didn't even know that Bros. I, I had no idea what it even grossed, but thank you for telling me it grossed under $15 million. I guess not, because I don't think... I think those movies are going to do well regardless of what kind of push they get. Or they're going to do what they do regardless of what push they get, honestly. Because... I, you know, maybe it gets a maybe it gets a few more people in the theater that saw it on the men tell all promo, and 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 saw the the fifteen minute segment they gave the actors of that show the the time to talk about their movie. But I honestly don't really think that has much of an effect, and clearly it didn't in this turn this time around because it only grows fifteen million. And question number four, were you amused, amused by Danny De Niro's impression on Survivor? I was laughing more at Jeff staring at him and not reacting as it went on uncomfortably long. Yeah, I. the thing with the De Niro impression is it's such a basic impression that everybody that does De Niro, whether it's professional comedians or somebody that just likes to try and make people laugh, they all do the, you making fun of me? They all do that thing with the face. So it's like, if you're going to do that, you're now being lumped in with so many hundreds of people that do it. How can you even say who's better and who isn't? It's just a generic De Niro. If he did a different line from a different movie in De Niro, then maybe I would have been like, okay, I get it. Um, but you talking to me, you know, I just, so many people do it. It's just like, whatever. (laughs) You know, Danny, I, I don't know why Danny thought that that was I, it just I don't think Danny was going for, hey, look, I've got the best De Niro impression out there. I just think he was going for I want to do De Niro if I get my torch snuffed out. And I did. So. But, yeah, Jeff looking at him and going and it going on way. He, I thought he was going to do it once or twice. He literally said it 10 times. And Jeff is just standing there almost like, OK, you done? <laughs> you done yet? Danny, Travis spoken. I <laughs> just. Okay, we're done. Uh, The next email is this, and this isn't to pat myself on the back, but I do want to bring this up because of something that I've noticed. They said, Steve, I'm currently listening to episode number 338 with Jeremy Hartwell and Nick Thompson while walking my dog, and I just had to stop for a minute to commend you for your well-researched, thoughtful, and substantive questions. You always find a way to get to the heart of the interview while also asking the questions that often get missed by other podcasters, and you don't talk over your guests. There are, stri- there are stretches of even 15 to 20 plus minutes where you give your guests the space to walk through their experience, explain their perspectives, and work through their own thinking process. Listening to your podcast is always a pleasure, and I couldn't finish the episode before I sent this to you. Thank you for all you do. So thank you to that emailer for sending that out. The reason I bring this up is because of this. Um, on occasion, I get emailed at the end of the week by a podcasting service, the reviews that are left on my podcast. And I I mean, this isn't me being, um, I don't know, egotistical, narcissistic or whatever. The bottom line is this. I know I don't have a one star podcast. I know that the work that I do and the interviews that I do are well-researched and thoughtful. And I try and ask good questions. So people who come in, sometimes I do see those reviews when I get the email every Friday from a podcasting service, it says 
what um what uh what reviews I got for that particular week. And sometimes I'll read it and then if sometimes if I see one star I'll just hit delete. I don't want to read it because I know I don't have a one star podcast and those are just trolls. But have I read them in the past? Sure. And it always seems to point out this, you know, you need to stop ta- talking over your guests and I'm just like I clearly these people didn't listen to the interview. I know I don't talk over my guests intentionally. You also have to understand that all of my interviews are done over the phone where I am not looking at the person visually. So sometimes, yes, it is hard to know when you're talking on the phone with someone when they are done talking, especially in an interview setting where I'm asking them a question and they're answering my question. I don't know when they're done. And if I have talked over them, it's because I thought, oh, I think they just took a breath or they took a space here and now they're done and I start talking, but they're not done. That's the only time I know that I've spoken over guests. Maybe sometimes when I'm having a back and forth with a guest that I've had on numerous times, someone like a a Jacqueline Trumbull or whatever, um, or even Dave sometimes. You know, I just I try and lay out and just let people speak. But it's hard to know sometimes just over audio when people are done talking. This happens in just regular phone conversations. I've experienced it. I'm sure you've all experienced it when you're just talking to someone. You don't know when they're done. The other thing is sometimes I will interject because if they've got a whole flow going and they bring up something during an answer that I'm like, oh, wait, I want to expand on that. I want to do a follow-up to that. Let's just say they still have another minute or two minutes that they're going with their answer. If I don't interject then, number one, I'll probably forget it, what I was going to ask. And number two, even if I write it down and ask it when they're done with their answer, they might have covered two or more other things in the rest of their answer that I wanted to hit on. So, um, yeah, for Jeremy and Nick, I definitely, you know, just laid out. It was their story. You know, Jeremy's the one that sued Kinetic and Netflix, so I wanted to lay out and let him just explain everything. Nick and Jeremy started the UCAN Foundation. It's just like, hey, tell us all about it. Tell us what you need to know. But um, like I said, I – I know I don't have a one-star podcast, so anyone that does leave that is is clearly someone that already doesn't like me, and they're just trying to bring my podcast down. Um, so I'm not too worried about that because when I have read their reviews, it's like they clearly didn't even listen to the podcast. And you know, someone I think recently put a one-star and said this podcast has turned political. Really. Really, my, my podcast is when have I talked politics at all on my podcast? I don't my podcasts aren't political. So it's clear they just already don't like me and they just want to leave a bad review. So the, and the thing is, there's nothing I can do about that. There's going to be trolls. Trolls are going to troll. And the best part about it is it shows more about them than it does about me because they're doing it under a fake name. And everybody knows who I am. Everything I tweet, everything I post on Instagram, everything I write in a column and every word that comes out of my mouth on any of my podcasts, you know, is coming from Steve Carbone, a.k.a. Reality Steve. Whereas jerk off 101 can leave a message and leave a review and nobody knows who the hell they are. And I guarantee you, if you were able to, you were not able to leave comments on people's podcast reviews without a Instagram attached to it or your full name attached to it, pretty much everybody would get five stars. I guarantee that's the way it would work because nobody wants to put their name behind anything where you are calling somebody out because they don't want to be judged for it. 
So, moving on. American Idol last night. We're down to our final three. And I will say I'm a little bit surprised because what have I said since top 20? I said, geesh, Eam and Wayani and Colin are so far ahead of everybody else in their Instagram followers. If their followers vote, how do they not make final three? And we got two of them. Eam and, and Colin made the final three. However, Wayani didn't, and Megan Danielle was in it. She's in it. She got fourth. And right now, as where they stand, Eam has 470,000 followers. Wayani has 244,000. Colin has 119,000. Megan has 81 and a half, and Zachariah had 30. He was never going to make the final three. But one thing that stuck out to me last night that I thought was interesting was when Ryan Seacrest was previewing next week's three-hour finale. Next Sunday night is the three-hour finale. We're going to get the video footage of all uh, Eam and Colin and Megan Danielle going back to their hometown and getting the hometown treatment and all that stuff. When Ryan Seacrest was revealing the singers who would be performing at next week's finale, he mentioned Lauren Daigle, and he did mention James Blunt. Now, we all know how the past finales have worked. When you get down to the top 12, the, even maybe the people who finish like 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th, they'll do like a duet with a famous singer. But once you get down to the final six or seven, they'll usually get a solo performance with a singer, you know, somebody in the top six. So Wayani just got eliminated. You know, she finished either fourth or fifth, however you want to call it, and so did Zachariah. They'll probably get a duet where it's just them and another singer. They'll probably get their own song. But when Ryan Seacrest brought up Lauren Daigle and James Blunt before he announced the votes, I kind of said, you know what? Remember, Lauren Daigle was the one that showed up at Megan Danielle's audition and surprised her and, and was right next to her. So it's just like, oh, well, then it wouldn't it be perfect if Megan Danielle's in the final three and Lauren Daigle gets to perform a duet with her next week? Isn't that convenient? I'm not saying that there's any sort of fix or anything, but because the same thing, if you remember with Eam in his audition, Eam's audition, he sang a song by James Blunt called Monsters. And what do you know? James Blunt is going to be on the show next week. But I guess you could have said, look, they were going to be on it anyway because Lauren or uh, Eam and, and Megan Danielle were going to be in the they're in the we already knew they were in the top five. So even if they didn't make final three, Eam could still do his monsters duet with James Blunt and Megan can still do a Lauren Daigle song with her. Doesn't necessarily mean they have to be in the top three, but I did point it out. I did. I did notice it and I did say, eh, OK. They, maybe they knew. Maybe they knew by votes in the past weeks that, you know, because we don't see the votes. We don't know how many votes they're getting of the top three. Who is leading in votes? Is it Ian? Is it Colin? Is it Megan Danielle? I don't know. But the producers of the show certainly do. Once the show is re- votes are revealed, I'm sure they've looked at it and been like, wow, okay, maybe this whole time Megan Danielle has been doubling up the votes of Wayani, and they knew Wayani was heading home, and that's why they reached out to Lauren Daigle. I, you know, I don't know, but it's not lost on me that Lauren Daigle is performing and Megan Danielle is in the final three, James Blunt is performing, and Ian's in the final three. Um, I wanted to bring up what I brought up at the end of last week, that on Apple TV, the Michael J. Fox documentary still aired or it came out on Friday. I watched it over the weekend. It is so good. Very well done. 
if you are affected by Alzheimer's yourself or know somebody who's affected by Alzheimer's, I'm sorry, Alzheimer's, sorry, Parkinson's disease, which is what Michael J. Fox was diagnosed with at the age of 29, and he's had it for a little over 30 years. If, if you are suffering from it yourself or know somebody, um, I still think it's a very good documentary to watch because he has brought so much um, money in to his foundation, his foundation for Parkinson's research, over close to two million, they said in the documentary. I, God, I keep screwing this up. Not two million, two billion. Billion. B I L L I O N. See, I can spell it, unlike our president. Um, yeah, so, which isn't a big deal. I, that was a joke for all you say, oh, your podcast is political. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a very, very good documentary. It's about an hour and 40 minutes. Really, really good. Really powerful. Really moving. I, you know how my affinity for Michael J. Fox and the Back to the Future franchise, while it is covered, Back to the Future is covered in it, it's more about just what he was going through and how much work he was doing when he was filming Family Ties in the morning and then going to film Back to the Future at night. About the last 30 to 40 minutes is more about uh, Parkinson's and when he discovered it, how he dealt with it on set, all that stuff. It is an excellent, excellent documentary. I suggest you all check it out. It's called Still... And it's on uh, Apple Plus. And finally, I reached out to somebody that is on a reality show that I've never had a guest on from. I saw their Instagram page and I'm like, well, if I DM them, they're not going to see it because they don't follow me. It's going to get lost in their request. But their Instagram page had an email address for their PR. So I'm like, oh, I'll just hit them, hit up their PR. And I hit up the PR and the PR came back to me and they said, can you send me a link to your podcast? And can you tell me how many downloads your podcast gets? So I'm still in the waiting phase. I sent that information back to them on Friday. I'm still in the waiting phase. And look, if they come back and say, sorry, not good enough, or just ghost my email and don't respond to it. And I then basically means I know that my podcast isn't big enough for someone like them to come on, which is understandable. They are uh, a, a name person on a very popular reality show that's been around forever. And I just thought it was interesting because that's the first time I've ever come across that. It's the first time I've ever asked anyone to be on my podcast. And they've asked, well, how many, how many people download your podcast? <laughs> it's like basically saying, um, you're beneath them, and they're not going to go on some Joe Schmo's podcast. And yes, Joe Schmo is still in my head because I watched uh, the finale this weekend of season two, which was really good. And um, so keep that in mind. And you know what? If they ghost me or they don't even return the email and I pretty much get my answer that no, they're not coming on, I'm not going to tell you who it is because I don't want people to reach out to them or just be like, hey, why don't you go on his you know, I, I usually I'm not going to do that, but I just di I did want to share that for the first time I was basically asked, well, what's your podcast and how popular is it? You know, how many downloads do you get uh, a week, a month or whatever, whatever they ask me? And I'm just like, here are my numbers. Would love to have her on. Yes, it's a it's a woman. Um, but 
If it happens, it happens. Great. I'd love to talk to her. I think they've got a great story. I think uh, she's got a great story. If not, totally understand because you're just, this is the problem of being, a, you know, a non-sponsored in terms of, you know, backed by a production company or backed by ABC, Warner Horizon, NZK. I, there's just people aren't going to come on my podcast. It's just not going to happen. So anyway, hopefully this does. I'll let you know if it does. If not, I'm not going to give you the name anyway. Sorry. I just don't want to out that person because it's not like I'm mad at them. You know, I'm not mad. I would just be like, I get it. I understand. I'm taking a shot here by trying to get somebody on my podcast who has about 750,000 Instagram followers. So they're big. And so they don't need to come on my podcast. It's just, will they? I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, thank you very much uh, for listening. Please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple Podcast. The Sports Daily will be up in an hour from now if you want to check that out. Again, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it, and I will talk to you tomorrow. See you!